know, the opening uh, remark in my message is this. Divine encounters change your life. I want you to just let that sink in a minute because we encounter things and people every day, every day of our life. But when the divine, when the Holy Spirit engages in those moments, it's different. And you know it's different because it's, it's life-changing. And as we heard earlier, one of the testimonies about um, just being barren and finding that God worked a miracle and brought about a baby. And that's happened time and time again at people that encounter God at that prayer wall because it's a touch point of your faith. See, everyone needs a touch point of faith. And when you have one of those touch points, it's, it locks in your memory what God did, and you go back to that moment, and you say, I remember when, because your mind connects the abstract and the concrete together, and this is how we learn. This is why you can remember where somebody lives but don't know their address, because your mind works in the abstract. So when you create scenarios that the Holy Spirit can use, it accelerates what God can speak to you, how God can speak to you, and, how, and, and the power at which he can speak. So a lot of times people say, well, you know, I really don't need to go to church to be a Christian. 100% true. But you miss out on multiple things. You miss out on those touch points of faith. You miss out on that ministry opportunity in the body of Christ. You miss out on that opportunity to see that you're not alone in this world. Amen? So just as a, as a reminder of this idea that that when you have a divine encounter, it, does, it is life-changing. It really does make a difference in your life. In, in the book of Luke chapter 1, there's a, there's a moment there where Elizabeth, who's carrying John the Baptist, she comes into the room and she encounters Mary, who's carrying baby Jesus. And it says that when she encountered Mary, it says that the baby leaped inside of her and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now think about that moment right there. The Bible is very careful to say the baby leaped, not the fetus leaped. Let me tell you why I just digress into that for a moment, because I don't know if you just saw, but the Supreme Court just ruled eight to one to uphold the Texas ban on abortion. <laughs> Now, to get the Supreme Court to vote eight to one on anything is nothing short of a miracle, and I mean that. I, I don't mean to be sarcastic here at all. I mean to be very, very sincere, that that has to have something of God behind it for that to happen. And I want you to know that dominoes are going to begin to fall as the Spirit of God takes that which has happened over the last 18 months, and says, let me, now let me show you what I'm going to do with that to revive my church, to bring about a move of God, to restore hope in people for pow the power of prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Do, not, do not think God is not working. See, sometimes it's when, he's wor when you think he's working the least, he's working the most. So never take your hand off of the throttle of what God is doing and say, wow, this world is really bad. Well, it is bad, but it's also good, amen? 
And so let's just focus on that a bit. But I want you to understand this, this principle about faith. We're going to talk about leaping today, and we talk about the baby that leaped in the womb. And have you ever leaped? You ever just kind of like wanted to leap? Now, my, my vertical lift is not as high as it used to be. If I leap, I, I'm not leaping very high. But there's a leap inside of me, you know? And, and the, unfortunately, I've just hung 200 and none of your business pounds on my leap. So it's a little bit more challenging. Do you know what I'm talking about? But have you ever been just like in a minute of, uh, in a moment of worship or reading the word or seeing something, all of a sudden your spirit just leaps? There's just something happening inside of you and you know that God is just coming in and he's, he's telling you something about him. That I am a God not just of the spirit but of the emotion, of the mind, of the will, of all these things. I am that God. But your faith, when it operates, it operates in the spiritual dimension. See, we want to see it, then believe God. But no, God says, no, it's going to operate in the spiritual, then it's going to manifest itself in the physical. So when you begin to lean into God and trust God for something, it's your spirit that's going to give affirmation before you see the reality of it with your eyes or you feel it with your hands. Because we walk not by sight, we walk by faith. And the word faith is the idea of I throw something out into the future and I walk into it. It's what I'm believing God for. And God wants us to experience that. In the book of Acts chapter three, and uh, if you have scriptures with you, you can take and turn there with me, but it, it says this, that Peter said to this man that was lame, he said, silver and gold have I none. In other words, he said, I'm not going to, I can't operate in this world of the natural because I don't have silver and gold to help you. See, the man was begging. He was a beggar that stood by the gate there and he begged for someone to help him and feel sorry for him because he couldn't walk. And it was probably a pretty productive opportunity for him until he encountered one of the apostles. And he looked at him and he said, silver and gold have I none. I don't have what you're asking for. But look what he says. But what I do have, I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, he was asking for pennies, and he didn't know he could ask for legs. I want to ask you today, how many of you are asking for pennies instead of legs? And let that be a, an analogy of, of what's really important versus what you're asking God for. You see, what is the thing that if God did that, you would say, that's amazing, versus that would be nice? And I think we settle for pennies. We settle for just a little bit in life when we can have so much more because the God of the universe who created you in his image, has that ever sunk into you, really sunk into you? You are created in the image of God. Angels are not. When you die, you will not be an angel. That is a downgrade. The Bible says we will judge the angels. We're not gonna be an angel God says he has an eternal weight of glory laid up for us. Why? Because you're creating the image of God. And as an image bearer, he gave you power and authority and dominion on earth. And we, he wants us to walk in that and exercise that, and the only way you can do that is by faith. 
I mean, I like this definition. A friend of mine gave it to me years ago. Faith is calling those things which are not as though they are. My friend was the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 4. Another friend of mine said, you've got to say it so when it's not so in order for it to be so. That was Manly Beasley, one of the great men of faith that I I encountered in my lifetime. You see, if it looks like it's not so, then you have to call it so in order for it to be so. You know what words do? Words create expectation. Watch it in the life of a kid. Hey, we're going to go to name the amusement park, whatever you want to put in, fill in the blank. And you see the, the excitement and, and the expectation. Do you realize every word that you speak either brings about expectation or defeat? There really aren't many neutral words in the world. And the phrases that you use, they have power. That's why the Bible says the words of our mouth have life or they have death. Are you speaking life over your life and over the life of your family and your world? Are you speaking death over your family? When I see a miracle like the Supreme Court voting eight to one to uphold an abortion law, I think life was spoken over them. Because that's unprecedented. It really is unprecedented. When I hear Brian Williams resign his post from NBC because he says the institution is burning the house down with us inside of it, and I see a guy who's not been known as being super conservative, I say God is doing something. See, I just like to see God work, don't you? We're in a fight, but our fight is on a whole different level. It's on a spiritual plane that you can't see, taste, feel, or touch, but it's real nonetheless. Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Do you ever think about the Lord waiting on you? I'd like to be gracious to you, but you're not giving me opportunity. Because you're so quick to get it done yourself or to bypass me or to think that prayer doesn't work. But I, I, I just wait. You ever waited on somebody? Ever just really waited on somebody? Have anybody ever gone to a doctor and not wait? <laughs> but if I show up late, I get fined. I don't understand this world that I live in, right? But you're waiting. You're waiting. Is the doctor coming out? Is the doctor coming out? I'm waiting on a table. What are you doing? I'm waiting. Where's your friend? I'm waiting. Where's your wife? She's in the car already. It's Christmas. I got to stay on good report here, all right? But waiting, now now I want you to take that picture, that emotion, that experience, and I want you to, to see God waiting on you. He goes, I'm waiting to be gracious to you. Wow, isn't that powerful? And he says, blessed are those who wait for him. So God says, I'm waiting on you, and then he says, and blessed are you, and you wait on me, who expect and look and long for him. Expect and look and long for God. There's something in you say, just, I want God, I want more of God, I want to see God working in my life. When you begin to say those words, the expectation begins to grow in your heart. And you see, words ignite faith. You know, the Bible says that 
that when, when we read the word of God, when we engage in the word of God, our faith actually grows. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, say it with me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You say, I don't have much faith, then read the word of God. You mean that's all it takes? That's all it takes. Because when you read the word of God, you're not reading a book, you're encountering the very breath of God. And when you read that book, God is speaking to your spirit and he's increasing your faith. Well, you say, I read it and I didn't understand it. It doesn't say that your faith, you have to have understanding. Isn't that beautiful? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by hearing and understanding. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let the words of my mouth, what are they? Let those be glorious in his sight. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God, it does what? It abides forever. Do you realize the word of the living God will be in eternity. You will not lose the value of this book in eternity. You will live and breathe by the word of God every day of your life. You see, and words set in motion your destiny. What is your destiny? What does the future look like for you? I don't know, but I guarantee you, you're setting it already by the words you speak. If you speak words like this, wow, I just, I just, I'm such a loser. That is prophetic you're walking into a prophetic word that you've spoken over you. My kids are so dumb. Well, don't be shocked. Some things do just flow downhill from genetics. Let's just be honest, amen? But you speak life over kids. You speak life over your job. You speak life over people. You begin to see what God can do when, you, when you're a life-giving spirit. When you see things from a God perspective, you think God is like wringing his hands going, I don't know what I'm gonna do with all this woke stuff. I don't even, I, I just, I wake up. I won't even woke up anymore, amen? <laughs> but you think God is worried about it? God is laughing in the heavens. It says, it says when, when the kings of the earth, Psalm 2, when the kings of the earth assemble themselves against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break the bonds, let us, Let's, let's resist God. You know what it says? He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Can you hear God? <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> they think they're so strong. They think they're so powerful. God says, no, I'm gonna, I got this figured out. Learn to laugh with God. Because God is always going to be victorious, Amen. And you're going to see it time and time again. You see, faith manifests itself in the physical. Faith begins in the spiritual, and its, and its reality is in, the, in there, but it's going to manifest itself in the physical realm. Remember the, remember the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples? Pray like this. When you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth, that's physical, as it what? as it is in heaven. In other words, heaven is gonna be released on earth. And our goal is to get heaven to earth, to get all the promises of heaven to earth. And guess what authority you do that with? You do that authority as an image bearer of God. That's why when you encounter God, you should leap. 
You should leap with joy and excitement over the God of the universe who loves you. Look at Acts chapter three and verse seven. And he took him by the right hand, this is the man who was lame, and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Let me ask you something. What would have happened had the man who was crippled resist the apostle? I can't do it. I can't get up. I'm staying right where I am. I'm crippled. I need pennies. I don't need legs. You see, when God reaches down, and whether he reaches down by his spirit, by his word, or by another believer in in the kingdom, and reaches down and says, you know what, you can do this, don't resist God. See, never resist him, always cooperate with him. How can I cooperate with God in this season of my life? How can I let God bless me? Let God work. But faith always requires action, doesn't it? I heard a great testimony as I was coming in. Someone said, you know, you've taught about, you know, sowing and reaping, and I, and I gave this certain amount, and for the first time in the history of our company, they gave out a bonus, and it was exactly the same amount as I gave to the building program. Probably a coincidence. You know, I believe in divine coincidences, and the more, the more that I see God work, the more that I act in faith, the more divine coincidences I get. And amazing, isn't it? You see, love or faith loves the impossible. You say, well, we can't do that. Have you ever said that? I don't think God can do that, or God won't do that, or this is impossible. You're going to hear the testimony at the women's conference coming up in February from Vanessa Clark, and she's going to talk about her child born blind, and everybody said, every doctor said it's impossible. Your child will never see. Guess what? Come to the women's conference and find out what happened. (laughs) Amen? You know, when we started this church nine years ago, uh, we really didn't have anything. And you've heard this before. We didn't have any money. We didn't have any database. Didn't have any people. Didn't have anything. We just had an idea in a living room. That's really all we had. And it didn't take long before we realized that God was blessing what we were doing. And we call that first 10 years, which will start next year, that will complete next year, the pioneer season. And I'm going to show you an image. This is an image we took, an aerial photo we took uh, from an airplane. This was before drone, so this is, uh, I guess, before drone. But anyway, this is a picture, and I want you to look close at it because there are people circling this building, and they're holding hands. Do you see that? And we were praying God's blessing over this building 10 years ago. And that is what pioneers did. The second generation we're calling builders. And in this builder generation, you see, I want you to see a picture of where we're going now. We're, in, we're now in escrow on this building. And this was really an impossible thing. It was kind of like, yeah, this building is for sale, $6.1 million. Okay, great. Where are we going to get that money and uh, let me show you one more image of it because uh, I have a plan here. Um, so there it is in proximity where we are right now. So what we're going to do when we close on that building, it'll probably be about mid-January now, we're going to go over there on a Sunday, we're going to circle that building, and we're going to get a drone shot, and we're going to take a picture of all of you circling that building and claiming it for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You see what that is, that's a touch point of faith. 
You see, when you, when you sit in this building and you touch this wall and your kids, by the way, uh, the snow day was great last week. We had the largest attendance of kids in the history of our church last week. And uh, our kids' ministry is up like 35, 40% over last year. It's amazing what God is doing. But these touch points of faith, they make a difference. And what they do is, you see, what, what builders do in this next generation is they set the tone for the future. So you might be here and, and you're young and, and you're, you're looking at this going, $6 million, I'd like to have six bucks. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. But you see, when you, when you look around and you see a legacy of people who believe God, and then over time, they've, they've seen the blessings of God, they've worked hard, and they've been blessed in what they do, and then their generosity begins to pour into this, it sets the tone for you. Because you look and go, well, I want to be that person 20 years from today, 30 years from today, whenever that is. But they also create a legacy for the next generation. What is the legacy you're going to leave for your children and your children's children? And if you don't have any children, who are you going to leave for those people around you? It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a father or a mother to leave a legacy for a generation, to speak into people and speak life into people and say, you can do this. I, I've been mentoring a, a pastor who started a church here in, in Orange County, and, and you know he, he calls me all these great things that I'm not. You know, I say, you're a general, you're, you know, I say, I'm not a general in the faith. I, you know, and I'm just, I'm saying, no, 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 but I'm encouraging him. You can do this. You can do great exploits for the kingdom of God. And when I pour into him, guess what I'm doing? I'm pouring into generations to come who are going to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Amen? Well, we set out with this goal of $1.215 million to raise, and uh, we are pretty close given and committed to date right now is a million and 13. That's in, in five weeks. So we need 134,000. And if you want to keep me from talking about this every week until Jesus comes back, somebody write a check, amen? But uh, seriously, uh, I really would love to see us just take care of this today. Uh, I put my, uh, my mobile number up there. You can see it. Uh, you can text me and say, Pastor Phil, I'll commit to, to give X number of dollars. I, I want to be a part of this. And we want you to do that out of the heart of generosity because the Spirit of God leads you. You know, it might, your gift might be $10 and it might be the whole 134000 But I plan on being back here next Sunday and telling you that we've got $134,000. So that means faith is action. If you clap, you just gave. Amen? Faith is action. But I think it's a testimony of what God can do. If you can raise, if you can raise $1.2 million in six weeks, then God did something. You, you know, I was reading in Paul's letter to the Colossians, and he says, I thank my God every day in all remembrance of you. You know, that, that is my verse for you. I mean, I, we've been traveling quite a bit. We were in, in Florida last weekend. We got invited by Turning Point USA. They paid our way down there uh, because of what we're doing, standing for our nation and for American faith. In fact, I have a picture of Tammy and I here. I want to show you a picture. Isn't that a great picture? That's at Mar-a-Largo. And, uh, yeah, so she makes my heart leap. Look at her right there. That's, that's pretty good stuff right there. Amen? How'd I do, babe? That's good. 
I got the, you got the wifel meter. You know what I mean talking about? How am I doing on the thing? But um, and then uh, Thursday or, or Thursday and Friday I was in Dallas speaking and and uh, that was streamed to about three and a half million people uh, on this on this subject of uh, of just freedom and what does it mean to be free and to live free and to love your God with freedom. Um, when we when we did our first campaign, someone donated five acres of land uh, to our building. And we've not done anything with it. We start, we're going to develop it. Now we have it. Now someone wants to buy it. So God's just kind of worked. God, you never know how God is going to take your gifts and when he's going to use them. Second Chronicles 29 and verse 36, listen to what it says. It says, all the people rejoiced because of what God had done for the people, for everything had been accomplished so quickly. When you see God do something quick in your life, you go like, thank you, God, for what you're doing. You see, faith, what faith does, it rejoices in God. Ultimately, it's not rejoicing in a building. It's not rejoicing in hitting a goal. It's rejoicing in the God that we love and the God that we serve. In Acts chapter 3, verse 8, it says, So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. The man who asked for pennies got legs. You see, he was healed physically, and he walked. You know, we pray for people's healing. We've seen many miracles in this church. I wish every single person we prayed for was a miracle that, that we said, yes, it manifests itself in the physical realm, but they don't always do that. But he was also healed emotionally. He leaped. That, that emotion was ignited inside of him, and he leaped. And sometimes you, you don't see the physical manifestation, but your spirit is changed. Emotionally, something's happened, and you're healed spiritually. And when you're healed spiritually, you know, you praise God. And, and, and I've always found if you start praising God for the little things, you can begin to praise God for everything. Amen? Just what do you have to praise God about today? How about this one? You got a pulse. That's a pretty good praise God, amen? How about this one? You got the gift of laughter, gift of joy. Praise God for the little things, and the big things will become easier to praise God for. You'll begin to say, wow, look what God did. Look what God did. I want you to stand with me, and I want you to just, uh, I want you to put before God right now what you want to see God do in your life this Christmas season, okay? Just bow your head, and I want you to think about it right now. As soon as you have something on your heart that you said, I'd like to see God do this in my family, in my life, in my work, in my school, whatever, just raise your hand up. Just raise your hand. You've got something. God spoke to you. Okay, just lift it up. Keep it up. These are the testimony. The, the spirit of Jesus is a testimony of his people. When you raise your hand, say, I'm believing God for something. Just raise it up. Just raise it up. God, you see these hands. These are hands that feel the spirit of God has spoken to them on a matter. It might be physical or financial. It might be relational, it might be for a nation, it might be for a family or a, a place of employment. But God, I want you to see these hands, they're testimonies of your grace. We are image bearers created in the likeness of Almighty God. You have given us power, authority, and dominion to call those things which are not as though they are. To say it so when it's not so in order for it to be so to leave a legacy for a thousand generations, to give glory and praise to Almighty God. Would you just give glory to praise to God right now? Just speak it out right now. Give glory to God. Clap your hands. Shout. 
to the, unto the Lord. Give glory to God. Jesus is King. He's worthy of all of our praise and all of our glory and all of our adoration.